I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. It's time for episode number 373 of Video Games Hot Dog, a podcast about video games. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's time for episode number three. Thank you. It's time for episode number 373 of Video Games Hot Dog, a pirate radio show on the internet. <laughs> Did you guys about know video games. that the Zune 4 and 8 came with a touchpad-style input device called the Squirkle? <laughs> no. That, How that's, did, is that, that's is what we called our guinea wheel? pigs when I was really? growing up. <laughs> squirkles? You called uh, yeah. them Zune 4 and Zune 8? <laughs> yeah. No, we called them Squirkle, and then the next one was also called Squirkle, and we just, we gave, the like, the first couple had official names, but they ended up always being called Squirkle because they lived in the kitchen near yeah, the refrigerator. That's how I handle my Pokemon Go names. Like Wait. when. When I get a new, better Pokemon of the same type, I just rename it to sure, the old one's yeah. name and then kill the old one. Wait, <laughs> Riff, Riff just said they were named Squirkle because they lived in the kitchen next to the refrigerator and right. not a single one of us replied, what the fuck? <laughs> well, cause, cause they because they learned that, that that big white box is where the food came from and Squirkle was the noise that they would start making every time you open the fridge. Oh. Huh. You fed the guinea pigs out of the refrigerator well i mean that's Skiers where you keep lettuce cats. and shit yeah that's oh, okay i didn't know, i didn't know that's what guinea pigs ate i assume you know leftover ate, like, macaroni and cheese and <laughs> a beer a beer yeah <laughs> um some extremely old pickles yeah just uh, you know whatever's in there some a1 sauce packets yeah <laughs> see that's good because then they have to gnaw those open that's good for their teeth the old light bulb once you replace it. Yeah, it's <laughs> like a good cubes. thing they don't have fillings or it would be really unpleasant for them to gnaw open aluminum <laughs> packets. I think it's just unpleasant regardless of whether or not you have fillings. I thought you only chew on I thought chewing on tinfoil was only really unpleasant if you had fillings. Yeah, my understanding is because the aluminum reacts with the zinc in your fillings. And it causes an electrical current. I, yeah. But I doesn't it just isn't it just kind of like ooey feeling anyway? I mean, it probably sucks regardless. Yeah. yeah. The idea of it just kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies chewing on aluminum foil. I kind of want to chew on some now. Just see. Huh. Aren't modern fillings like polycarbonate or stainless steel? Carbon fiber. Carbon fiber. Carbon fiber. <laughs> Spider silk. Nanotubes. What have you been up to, Jim? So I was hanging out with a friend on Memorial Day. Did Memorial Day was like between the last podcast and this one, right? I think so, yeah. It's been a couple of weeks. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and I was just eyeing his his music equipment shelf, and I asked him about his Roland D110 linear arithmetic synthesizer. What? So linear arithmetic is like, this was like early 90s, is the name that Roland came up with for like playing more than one sample at digital sample at once because okay. you're adding them adding together them. and digital. I think like, I, th I think the distinction they're making is that analog arithmetic is non-linear. So they came up with this incredibly cool sounding name for the most nowadays, the most mundane way to combine sounds. Um, but this was like based on the D 50, which was a pretty widely used, uh, synthesizer and he told me this story where he had um his big brother got this thing when he was 11 when when the friend the, fr the friend i'm talking about was 11 when the big brother was like 15 or something and 
Um, they'd both grown up in this family where they were like, they're very Christian. He said, I, th- I think there's like a more specific sect than this involved because he wasn't really allowed to listen to music with drums in it. Hmm. Um, because Jesus wasn't ever mentioned as having played a sick drum solo. I think it's that, you know, how in the fifties, uh, African rhythms were corrupting our youth and it was like rock and roll. That's why rock and roll terrified white suburban America. Right. Um, and this was like, this would be in, in the, in the nineties. That's like, that's only like 30 to 40 years out of date, you know, and though that's probably how old his parents were, I'm guessing. Um, what about a small group of people that gets together and like joins lots of small religious groups? Do you think they'd be like a sect cult? I, I think you do call it that. Yeah. Okay. Maybe they have a special going... club that they go to for that. Sure. Uh, and th- he told me about how um, when he listened to the demo tracks, you push the demo button on this thing and it spits out some like like Excellent. 1991 de- like TV detective show theme stuff. Um, and he was saying like the, the these demo tracks blew him away because it was the first time he'd, in his life he'd heard music like that. Huh. Um and then at the party, he plugged this thing in, hooked it up to the stereo system, and we just listened to like there were ten minutes of demo tracks. Like one of them was like a like a synth rendition of "Flight of the Bumblebee." We listened to these ten minutes on loop until <laughs> the, the normies begged us to until stop. Until people made you stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And that was fun. What's the what are the affordances of this? Roland D one ten linear arithmetic so it's a, synthesizer. <laughs> so it, the, this one was um, it was just a rack mount thing. So you've got like enough buttons on the front to maybe I you could you could dial in a new patch. You could change the patch bank, and I don't think it was good enough that you could. Um, like edit synthesize like patch parameters on that front panel. Um, and then it's just like MIDI in. Um, and so like when he, uh, so you had to, you had to have like a keyboard to plug into yeah. it. To and that was, inputs. that was his, like when he was growing up, he inherited this thing from his brother, um, and got a, uh, just a MIDI, a MIDI controller keyboard. And that was his main, uh, instrument for a long time. He said that, um, I think this is a coincidence, but he said that the reason his brother got this thing so cheap was that it was the floor model and someone had gone in and deleted all the drum presets from, uh, from ah. the, yeah, it, it's a really like, and I imagine like nowadays you can probably, uh, download a firmware update or whatever the equivalent would be from the internet and fix it. But like they had had it for years and they never figured out how to get the drums back. Are you sure it wasn't like just his parents told the brother that? Oh, yeah. We, we got this model. It was a. Uh... Sorry, it's defective, though. There's no drums in it. You'll be fine, right? <laughs> yeah. But they couldn't figure out how to remove the drums from the demos. Mm, yeah. What? Huh. How were the drums in the demos if they weren't like being addressed? I, I imagine like they were the. the the patch parameters are just part of the song. Do you refer to the smallest indivisible units of patches as uh, patch atoms? 
I wow, <laughs> never heard that term, but okay. <laughs> Riff got it. Yeah, no, I. <laughs> it took me like five seconds after Riff got it, but I got it. What have you been up to, Kevin? I went to go see a sketch comedy show that was based on the works of Blink-182. Oh, yeah. I went to that with you. <laughs> you did. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. Our friend Dan Kurtz uh, is in the Bay Area sketch uh, troupe, Killing My Lobster, and they had a... It wasn't just Blink-182. Uh, sure. There were three different themes. That was just the one that was the weirdest. Is this an improv thing? No. Sketch. Sketch. So, it was so it's, it's like improv, but totally different. Okay. Yeah. They it's have... like improv, only not improvised. Right. It's people performing like scenes where they're they're sort of like miming props mostly and like black box theater kind of stuff. And okay. Just ridiculous scenarios. It's like Saturday Night Live kind of. But not live. It is live. Oh. It's in fact live. Is it on Saturday? Uh, this one might have been. I think it was on a Saturday. Yeah, it was on a Saturday. It was a Saturday night. Live. It was. Yeah. Did yeah, I just blow your mind? You did. There was also uh, there were also sketches about weed, and then there were also sketches about seventies uh, murder. Yeah. What was the actual stated theme? It had some weird title that I don't remember. Uh, but the, so, is there some extent to which this was randomly? This seemed like kind of a longer version of Too Much Light Makes the Baby Go Blind, where there were nine of them, but they only played three on any given performance of it. Yeah, there were there were nine different themes uh, that they had, like twenty minutes of sketches about each for each theme, and then each show was three of those. Not really at random. They, do, they, do they like cycle through them? Or? They did. You okay. like you could if you went to the first three performances, you would see them all. For example, you didn't have to know anything about Blink One Eighty Two, which to is good. Enjoy this. I don't really know anything <laughs> about Blink One Eighty Two. One of the one of the sketches, they it's just like the beginning of a Blink One Eighty Two concert, and they start playing the song, but one of them is singing with an extremely thick Canadian accent, and they stop the show and say, "Hey, what's going on?" And he's like, "I I got to tell you guys, I." was only pretending to be like a skate kid from California. I actually grew up in Edmonton, Alberta. And then the other guy is glad to be able to reveal that he is uh, a guy who speaks with an extremely Scottish accent. And then the drummer reveals that he is, in fact, a goblin from the center of the earth who uh, <laughs> sneaks good. out while they're on tour to steal children <laughs> from the local villages. It, so it was that kind of – it was like – about Blink-182 <laughs> in so far as that thing that I just said was about Blink-182. Yeah. That's pretty good. It was good. What uh, what have you been up to, Zach? I also went to that sketch show with you. And then I <laughs> uh, I was traveling for most of the time between the oh, last right. two In shows. fact, that's why we did not record last yeah. week. Uh, I had to go to Arizona to help my mom with some stuff and then for a, a meeting um, you had like a three-day conference work on, on our next our game. Our next game, yeah. Um, doing some cool things with animation systems and and fight fights. I'm trying to make a video game where the combat doesn't suck. Good luck. That's, I know, right? That's, gonna be that's the one that's thing I'm order. not good at, and so that's what I'm decided to devote <clears throat> all of my efforts to. Did you consider just dropping in Robotron? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that would... 
you can't play Robotron <clears throat> on a goddamn telephone. Get real. And so Kevin won't allow me to put it in, <laughs> in there. You can have a twin stick. You can have a twin stick uh, game on it. Yeah, I mean, I guess like it's not great. But uh, it's doable. What's that minor? That asteroid space miner. Space miner. Yeah. Something or bus. O R E bus. Bust. Ah, fuck, guys! My entire life, since I moved to Prescott, in between in between Prescott and Cordes Junction, which is where you get on the interstate from Prescott, there is a giant smokestack in the town of Mayer, Arizona, M-A-Y-E-R, that has been there for, I don't know, since the 70s, I think. There's a, you can, there's YouTube videos about it or whatever. It was, it was built as part of, I, I think maybe some kind of like scam where somebody was like, I'm going to build a factory here. And then they just built one big smokestack and then no factory connected so smoke to the smokestack. doesn't come out of this thing. No, it's just a tube. It's just 120 <laughs> foot tall concrete cylinder that is hollow and for my entire life since 1991 when i moved to prescott arizona with my family i fantasized about one day buying that smokestack and building a wizard tower inside it and i drove by it like five days ago and it is for sale for the first time i looked at the listing it is for sale for the first time since 1991 it is on the market uh-huh. again the the unfortunate thing is that it is on a 20 acre plot of land and so the asking price is like $130,000 which is too much money to spend on a dumb joke that would end up costing a bunch more money also the land that it's on is in Mayer Arizona which i think recently became technically a ghost town what does that what does that mean <laughs> Uh, like that it's just this is a town that is kind of defunct, like not enough oh. people live here anymore for it to count as a as there's a, more there's more dead people who live there here than oh yeah, people. yeah, there's more ghosts than people yeah <laughs> it's been on the market for two hundred days at that price, which makes me think they're not getting a ton of offers, and so I might but even lowballing them by quite a bit, that's still too much money to spend on a real dumb thing if I wanted to like open a trailer park in the hopes that fifty years from now uh people who live there would want to rent spaces in a trailer park what about building some sort of cool climbing wall inside yeah thought about that thought about room escape you could get people maybe from phoenix to drive up to the wizard's tower room escape i bet it would be pretty tricky to get it well you know what it's arizona you can do whatever the fuck you want (laughs) at least compared to Ghost town means there's no laws that apply, right? Oh, Lots of, yeah. Not to, yeah, just ghost yeah, laws. only ghosts, only ghost <laughs> right. laws. Yeah. So if people were killed in the in the room escape that I built, then suddenly I would be held accountable because I had, <laughs> for increasing the population. because I had committed. Yeah, yeah. This isn't. It's <laughs> not right. zoned residential, so if you put any more ghosts in it, you get arrested. <laughs> well, plus they'd they'd be illegal immigrants. <laughs> uh, yeah. Trump's getting a lot of support for building a veil between the world of the living and the world of the dead. <laughs> hmm. Uh, so, yeah, fuck. Boy, boy, am I hoping that I will stop thinking about that over the next couple of months. How, like, how remote is it? How far away is it from anything? Uh, it's about an hour and a half drive from Phoenix. So... It's a bummer. It's, you know, that area is growing. Eventually, you'll be able to fly into 
Prescott, I think, on a real airplane and not just like a tiny puddle jumper. Well, on 20 acres of land, you could build an airport. That is true. You could build your own airport. You could put a helicopter pad on top of the... Uh, or, you know, what you do is you just have your giant eagle friends drop you off there. <laughs> and then if, you, if you're if you stuck up there, you can summon them with... A moth. I'd spent a lot of time thinking about how I would build, like, decorations for the top of it and then see how mm. much it costs to rent, like, a helicopter to lift the... <laughs> Stuff I mean, up actually, there. that's yeah, that's what you do is you just fill it up with lava and let people pay to reenact the scene from <laughs> you. Just, you get a bunch of cheap gold rings and and uh, Andy Circus and <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you, you let you let uh, you let people pay to uh, let Andy Circus bite their finger off and then throw them into this volcano. <laughs> well, the, it wasn't. The volcano was not itself a wizard tower. <laughs> well, I mean, you dress it up like a volcano, though. Hmm. Wouldn't it be easier to just use a volcano? I mean, okay. have you got one? I mean, there's plenty. There's all, they're all over the place. Yeah, but is it yours? Hmm. No, that's true. I guess. I don't know. This land is your land. This <laughs> land is my land from the Yosemite super volcano to Three Mile Island. <laughs> anyway, that... God damn it. Hmm. $130,000. I, I had a number in my head that was the number below which I felt pretty comfortable just going there and buying it for cash without consulting anyone else. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and that was well above that number. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. And man, you should... Man. See, I feel less bad about my spending spree on on uh, old vintage marbles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are you doing with those? Uh, I'm still waiting for more of the more of them to arrive because I don't I'm, have I don't have enough for a full game yet. I'm really hoping this <laughs> this uh, relates to the skateboarding thing. No, not really. Oh. I guess just in a general sense of. Uh, enjoying things that kids don't do anymore no that's that's probably not even kids still skateboard but are can you meaningfully play marbles by yourself or are you hoping to join some sort of an old man's league (laughs) uh yeah kind of neither of those i don't even know i just i always have kind of just liked marbles because they're like little jewels yeah, they're like appealing in the way that Pokemon are appealing, right? There's different yeah. kinds of them and different sure. colors, and some yeah. are rarer than others. And so yeah. they figured out how to make like a glass ball look like it has ribbons inside it. Yeah, but it just kind of does have ribbons inside it, right? Really? Ribbons of, of different colored glass. Okay. How do they make them right. circular, Kevin? Do you know? Did you learn how to make balls? No, I never. I I, could, I learned how to make like paperweights, but I don't know how you'd make circular stuff. I know. I think, I think for, they have like molds and you 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 get like a roughly round glob of glass on the end of a stick and you like roll it around inside a carbon or damp wood mold i'm imagining you need like a a multi-axis centrifuge and you need to put it on that plane that uh, f- when it's flying downwards, it <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 arc. That's a, uh, I know there was a place. Was it? It's there used to be one of these in a building that now houses some modern tech company, and I don't that like. 
I think I was of thinking comet? maybe of Kickstarter, but that was actually the Pencil Factory. Is this the one where you like the, the no, thing where you like flip no, in a comet? No, there? no. This is an industrial facility for making lead shot mm. uh, where they needed to make perfectly round balls of lead. And the you way that that worked was drip just it drip it a long distance so that it can fall for a few seconds mm. and oh, form yeah, into a circle ball. into water, which then cools it while it's still in that shape. And I wow. wonder if you could do that with glass. Sure. Why not? Yeah, like how did they make a sphere? That's, how did they make that's cannon how they balls make... even remotely spherical? Do you know those things that are? Um, I've those forgotten. That cast. I've forgotten what they're called. Those things that are like a long teardrop of glass with like that long yeah, filament. Yeah, Prince end. Albert's tear. Yeah, like something like that. In a can. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the one that like you can crack and you, you can hammer on the front of it, and it's it just looks like a glass sperm. Uh, and if you, you can hammer on the front of it and the front of it is extremely durable, but if you touch the back end of it at all, it just explodes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's some sort of weird stress induction through. Sounds like a fun, like elementary school experiment that you do right after you do the, the, the oobleck. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, uh, magnesium. Yeah. It's very much a Mr. Wizard's world kind of thing. Yeah. Prince Rupert's drop. Ah, that's it. In yeah. a can. <laughs> yes. Prince, yeah, Prince, 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 is, Prince uh, Albert's tear is when you pull on your Prince Har- Prince Albert too hard. <laughs> yeah, right. and it's and it there's some leakage. God, <laughs> some, some discharge. Your your entire dick just explodes. <laughs> this is, this is <laughs> none of this. Off. Stop. You can you can just edit this out. Of the podcast uh, that Kevin gets in the in just the- edit out everything else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just two hours of you talking about dick drama. Uh, dick drama would be a good name for uh, like a hard boiled yeah detective. private eye yeah yeah mm. vice president <laughs> hard boiled vice president. Yeah, like the if the vice president just like solved crimes, that'd be cool. Oh yeah, it was oh, like okay. Miami Vice President. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like if it was a role like sheriff, <laughs> sure, sheriff of the country. Yeah, yeah. Instead of being a reeve of a shire, he's the reeve of an entire nation. Anyway, what have you been up to, Riff? Besides buying marbles, also still, what are you going to do with them? You just want to have them? Are you going to put them in a yeah? Ca- kind of just want to have them. Yeah, I might try and find a nice jar to put them in or something. You could use them as a metaphor for your own mortality. Oh yeah, like oh, Chris Crawford. Great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I need more of that. <laughs> uh I haven't really been doing much that isn't game related. I did I did find out I, I discovered an interesting factoid earlier today. Which that, yes. That uh in Is it about the, the Squirkle? No, no, this is about the movie Blue Velvet. Um Apparently the there's a scene in I think I think it it wasn't clear from the little video clip I saw like where what scene this is in in uh, Blue Velvet because it's been too long since I saw the movie but there's a scene where Kyle Kyle McLaughlin is hiding in a closet and there's a dead body in the in, in the room outside and I think it's Frank but I don't remember for certain um, and he's lying there with his uh, like brains blown out and apparently. Um, uh, uh, um. Holy shit! I have um, David Lynch. Okay, 
Man, <laughs> my brain just lost that name for a second. Uh, David Lynch, when making this movie, apparently suddenly decided that he wanted the brains on the floor to be actual human brains and was very insistent on this. So one of the prop guys was like, well, I kind of know somebody in Germany who has access to human brains. So they got David Lynch, a real human brain, to uh, to set the scene for this uh, for this scene of the movie. And one of the prop guys had to, like, chuck this real human brain at the floor so it would splatter appropriately to make the right kind of mess. And that doesn't seem like the right kind of mess for shooting uh, a guy in the head. No, it doesn't. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it, it looked, I was hoping it, it looked story, fine in the end. I was hoping the story would have been the prop guy was like, well, I've got some lu- in my lunch in this yeah. Tupperware. <laughs> well, there is, there is a little bit of a punchline where it turns out that the, uh, the guy whose job it was eventually to clean up this mess was not aware that what he was cleaning up was human brains. Uh, even right up until the moment when they were shooting this DVD, uh, feature at, <laughs> he was talking about, he, they, they interviewed this guy and he's like, yeah, man, it smelled awful in there. I don't know what it was I was cleaning up, but it was gross as hell. <laughs> Just, he didn't just, say matter of fact why the fuck am i on brain detail <laughs> <laughs> it it seems rude to use human actual human body parts to make a yeah did movie. that guy end up in the credits yeah that's right. a good question yeah i mean it might also have been one of those things where like i think a, a lot of the times if you if you donate your skeleton or organs or whatever to to science or or whatever like nobody's allowed to know who that was sure but like and so also like they couldn't have given him movie credit is not anyway science that, that's the thing right like this is well but what if you donate product. your you donate your body to science in the form of like a research institute and then that research institute goes out of business or becomes defunct or whatever, sure. right? I mean, like, or decides to research movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's we're, probably provisions. We're doing a study about how much money we could get by selling yeah. a human brain to David Lynch. <laughs> yeah. Can't, I've never heard of anybody donating their body to the arts. Nah, that's not true. Hey, did you never go to like a body works? Oh, or body oh, worlds yeah. exhibit that at a museum? That's still kind of science, thin. though. Hmm. You do once in a while hear about some actor who donated their skull to a Shakespeare troupe or something. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Oh, huh. Really? Yeah. I that know that's happened heard, at that... least once, and they had to jump through some legal hoops to get it to to get it all worked out, but it is apparently yeah, wow. a true thing. I was just listening to a podcast that was talking about how you don't actually own your own organs. Huh. There's some There's some really weird legal gray areas like it's in the sense that it is illegal to like sell your own kidney stuff like that you can like which is apparently it is there are exceptions for things like skin and blood because you can sell blood right Um, and you can sell skin apparently huh yeah i I feel like like the reasoning (laughs) behind that law is they don't want like they don't want to incentivize people trying to trying to cheat poor people out of their kidneys the way they 
the way like a payday lender works. You know, the, the way that sure. people will cheat poor people out of everything else. Yeah. yeah. They would rather people just wake up and I see bathtubs or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like the person who took the organs was like, oh yeah, they consented. <laughs> well, I don't care what the man says. I own my organs. <laughs> There was, I'm just thinking of like some, there was My a case. horribly mangled penis. There was a case where a guy had uh, donated, I think, a kidney to his wife and then they got divorced and he wanted his kidney back. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, well, that seems, I mean, when you give gifts, you don't get to. Yeah. <laughs> sure. But it's, but that, but also like it wasn't his property, like to begin with, apparently. Huh. According to that, doesn't seem like a necessary distinction for that situation because if you give someone a gift, you're not allowed to demand it back as a result of it being yours because yeah. that would be a crazy way for the world to work. He could maybe fight for ownership of it in the divorce if he was very careful Communal to say property. that this was a loan. Well, yeah. and <laughs> he was just asked for of half would of be it his. Back. Yeah, yeah, any of the so if they were married for seven years, technically all of the new set, all of the cells in her body had been replaced <laughs> by new ones, and half of those are his because it's a community property. Right. So right. between them, they have three kidneys. <laughs> hmm. So if it if they divide it evenly, then he gets one and a half. What if instead of your cells being replaced with new cells, they just like, what if every seven years there was just another, like you just split in half mm-hmm. again? And the old one just kind of deteriorated more and more? Oh, no, no. It's just a copy of you. Just a clone? Yeah. Does it, does he, do you have to get like another driver's license for him? Is he your slave? Mm. Yeah, these are some interesting questions. I didn't really think through the ramifications of this before I pitched it. Well, what about the House of Cosby's? <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen whatever that is. Wow, really? Oh, wow. Yes. That's surprising to me that you've never seen the House of Cosbys. It's mm. just a house full of Cosbys. The only internet video I've ever seen is ultimatedrummingtechnique.com. Okay. <laughs> I do not go to ultimatedrummingtechnique.com. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, it's it's funny, but it's... <laughs> is it like a lemon party? Yeah, kind of. It. I mean, just... Just don't go. Just, I'm, just go. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to link to it in the show uh, notes. Okay, <laughs> but right. you should. But you should check out Ultimate Drumming mm-hmm. Technique. It's a video that was made by Paul Rust, who's like a comedian and comedy writer guy. Anyway, a low budget Paul Rudd. <laughs> yes. Is it? Is this one of those sites that's just a, a low budget Paul Daisy? A rapper around YTMND. No, no. It's a real video. Okay. Depicting an ultimate drumming technique. Okay. <laughs> um, Riff, you've seen it, haven't you? No, I have no idea. I'm, oh, enjoying, well, I'm enjoying the mystery, though. Yeah, it's a pretty good mystery. Uh, have, have any of you fellows been... Oh, sorry. You no, I was just going to ask Riff if he's been playing anything. Yeah. Since he's been doing nothing. Yeah, you said nothing but video games. You better have some video games to talk I, about I then. I got a few. Let's see. Nice. Um, uh, let's see. So I, I don't want to talk about the assignment yet. And I don't want to talk about next week's assignment yet. Um, oh, uh, I finished my let's play of Riven and started a let's play of Mist 3 Exile. Uh, so that's, that's proceeding. Is, uh, is Riven Mist 2? Yes. Yes. I gotta say, going from the name Mist 
and then to the name Riven. Both excellent names. Mist 3 Exile is really a shitty name. Well, and that's yeah. why I was asking if Riven was Mist 2, because, so, yeah. like... Why would they? Why wouldn't they just have a a third game that doesn't have Mist in the title? It said on the box, "Riven: colon, The Sequel to Mist." Yeah. I wonder if Riven just didn't sell. I mean, it can't possibly have sold as well as Mist. And I wonder if they were worried that it was because people didn't understand that Riven was in fact the next game from the Mist people, and so in an effort to try to get Mist Three to sell better, they just named it Mist Three. It may also be that. Uh, Miss Three was not made by Cyan. It was made oh. by, by Presto Studios uh, and published by uh, Ubisoft. Uh, they 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 licensed it from Cyan while Cyan was working on um, their their weird multiplayer Mist thing. Uru. All right, you are you. Yeah. Oh, I never, I never yeah, thought of that. Yeah, that's, that's what it was. That's the lore. Huh. That, did you guys ever play that? No. I played I, a little of it. It was kind of not great and also kind of incomprehensible. Yeah, it was like not like a mist at all. There were almost yeah. no interactable objects in the world. And what it was, was like third idea? person. Yeah. What were you doing? I don't know what they expected you to be doing. I don't I think I played it in a in a pretty early like stress test or something, but it was just very sparse. Huh. Mm. I I challenge your assertion that Mist is a good name. I think Riven is a good name, but not a very good game. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Mist is very hokey. I think if it wasn't attached to such a, like, groundbreaking and extremely popular thing, if there was a new game coming out today called Mist, but with a Y instead of an I, it'd be like, that's dumb. But it's like mystery, right? Like, Is it? Yeah. It is like that. It's, it's, like, it's like, here, we've given you the first part of this mystery. Now you have to solve it. <laughs> solve for the <laughs> now Now everybody gets to figure out the mystery together. The, yeah, I don't know what more you want, Zach. Okay, that's yeah, I'm I'm it's, sold. It's like, it's it's like mist, but also mystery. Yeah, you know what is a is a good name from that period of time? Loom. Loom's sure. good. Loom's Drew. real good. Loom's a great name. It's also four letters long. Mm-hmm. What are the good four letter game names? Prey, Doom, Doom, Doom. Doom. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Note that all of these are just words, except for mist, which is a weird. A weird pun. It literally never occurred to me that it was part of the word mystery. <laughs> does does that make it better or worse? It's no. It's equally. It's okay. equally. I think just not a. It's not like. I think it is given a bunch of credit because like there are good things with dumb names, right? Like it's true. eBay. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, the electronic bay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> But there are a lot of good things. There are a lot of good games with very like Spelunky. I think is a fucking terrible name. Yeah. Why? Because it's just a goofy it, non. It, I, I agree. I think it's dumb. Huh. Like it's if if it wasn't attached to such an incredible thing. I think it's fun. It, when you say when you if somebody who doesn't play games asks you what your favorite game is and you say Spelunky, they laugh because that name is so stupid. 
Okay. What if there wasn't already a game called Spelunker? How would you feel about Spelunker? That's fine. Because it's what it's it's what the game is about. That you know what that game should be called? Cave. If there hadn't already been a game called Cave, which there probably is. Yeah, probably. Wouldn't be Googleable. It's hard to name a game like that now. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other four-letter game names. All I can think of is Rune. Uh, myth. Quack. Myth. Oh yeah, Myth. Quap. Yeah, Quap. Yeah. Quap. Yeah, sure. And Quap is not a word, but it's also a really dumb game, so that fits. Uh huh. Yeah. Br- Brad. No, I was thinking of Braid. <laughs> <laughs> I guess a bunch. Bennett Foddy made a bunch of four-letter name yeah, games. Yeah, what was that horse one? Clop? Yeah, Clop. Clop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and then getting over it with Bennett Foddy. Suddenly just, okay, yeah. he was using it. He was saving up letters saving on his first up. like yeah. whole bunch of games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so sorry, Riff. How, how long is your Riven playthrough? Uh, uh, well, I can look. One sec. And how did it go? Like, is is this video a bunch of you saying like, "Oh, I fuck, I don't remember what." Sorry, this sounds like I'm making fun of you. Absolutely not. <laughs> no. It, how much I, of it is I, you trying to figure out what you remember about it, and how much of it is just like explaining it? I went through it pretty breezily. Uh, let's see, it's ten episodes, so it's about five hours, give or take. Oh, well, I'm gonna watch that tonight. I wouldn't recommend watching it all in a five-hour sitting. That would be crazy. But, well, I mean, who watches videos online at full speed? You watch them only incredible oh, then, drumming tech. No, you, <laughs> yeah. if you speed up the video, you'll lose the the correct timing of all my wonderful jokes. No, no, you slow you slow down the video. Oh, so you, <laughs> that you didn't do it in a ten timing. hour session? Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you add twice as much timing, they'll be twice as funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, let's see. We, Jenny and I also finished our let's play of the, uh, Nintendo game, uh, Princess Tomato in the Salad Kingdom, which what kind turned of game out is that? to be a really friggin' weird game. Uh, it's an early, uh, point and click adventure for the NES. Does this predate like Maniac Mansion for the NES? <sighs> you know, I think probably. Uh, I would have to actually like do an internet search to say for sure. But uh, and who yeah, can be bothered? It, well, you know, my, my keyboard is real loud and clacky. Um, it, it's a it's a weird game. It like it was it was fun like story wise and conceptually like a lot of just weird and and funny but not. Funny because of jokes, just funny because it's so fucking weird uh stuff happens in it, but it's it's terrible to play just because like it was before anybody had realized what's good and not good to do in in a point and click adventure game, and so just the 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 flagging is a mess you you have to go rooms and rooms away and do so, and do something completely unrelated to to another thing to set the flag that lets you do that other thing. Yeah, it and doesn't surprise me to, that early adventure games are bad. Yeah, is oh, it was it was really frustrating to play, but 
there's there's some pretty wild moments in it. So uh, Princess Tomato in the Salad Kingdom was away, but... 84. Uh, Maniac Mansion didn't come out on the NES until 90. Wow. When was it on the Commodore 64? Uh, 87. It super fucking weirds me out that the point-and-click adventure game was invented independently on two systems, that neither of which have a mouse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. They didn't call them point and click adventure games. No, but the, no, they that's didn't how really you have operate a genre them. name yet. Like, were those really the the first? I think many. I I thought of Maniac Mansion as like Ron Gilbert has talked about the process of inventing that interface. I yeah, see. there are and, earlier ones, earlier like NES ones than Princess Tomato, but uh, they they, they kind of look unplayable. Do you think they were developing? Maniac Mansion on computers that had mice, because by yeah, the eighties they had Macs in the uh, in the office for okay. sure. How do you? What is the interface like? Are do you, are you actually moving a cursor around to elements in the scene no, and clicking on them? No, it's um, you've got you've it uh, it's a little bit like uh, like Shadowgate kind of. It's you've got your your window in the middle, uh, showing the scene, and then on either side you have rows of verbs. Like, you know, look, take, search, examine, talk, whatever. And, and. So wait, you just look, you examine, just, and search? Uh, I, I don't remember exactly what they all were. It was probably only one of those. But it was, uh, and then you D pad up and down the, up and down the list of verbs, click the one you want, and then it gives you the list of applicable objects in that room. So are you moving a cursor around the scene to select an object? No, it just gives you, it, like, if you hit the look verb, then down at the bottom of the screen, it gives you a list of things oh. in that room okay, you can so look at. That's so not like, really... It's a twine game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Definitely closer to that. Yeah, than... I guess that's that's true. You probably could build Princess Tomato and Twine. You'd have to Do... you'd, you'd have to deal with, like... I don't know what it's like inserting graphics and and managing altering those graphics in Twine, but it's not hard at all. Does it? Um, it's like <laughs> editing a, editing a web page almost. Does it? Is there like? Do you have to learn things from looking at the screen to know what to do or anything ever, or is it? Not that yeah, comes can you to just mind play just by looking at the words. Yeah, you probably could play it just by going. I mean. A lot of the time, the way we were playing it was going through up and applying every verb to every applicable noun <laughs> until we until we finally hit the one that that changed the flag state that let us progress. So it is it's definitely possible to just brute force it. Was I mean was there a logic to it, or were you just looking for funny interactions? Yeah, did it, well, did. Did it make sense after you dis like when you discover a, an action that is the correct way forward? Did it make sense after the fact? Usually, okay. <laughs> There's there were there are some I don't know, man. There are some times where like you know, we've we've searched this room three or four times. There's nothing there. We leave and go somewhere else and talk to somebody about nothing related, and then go back to that room and search again and. Oh, there was a mirror under this table. That mirror gets used for nothing in the game. <laughs> it's baffling. It's an absolutely baffling game. But uh, 
Yeah. So I imagine it's it's probably much more fun to watch and and listen to Jenny and I be confused and infuriated by this game than it was for us to actually play it. I can imagine, yeah. You guys are playing uh, Monkey Island next, right? Yeah, we are. We are playing uh, the first Monkey Island game. Which what is that? Is that Curse of Monkey Island? I can never remember Secret. what Secret of Monkey Island. I can never remember what order they come in. Speaking of games with oddly named sequels, did um, you have you both played that? Uh, I had. Uh, Jenny had not. She's not played any Monkey Islands actually, oh. which is surprising to me. And and that was why we're playing this first one now. But uh, yeah, because since she's the one that hasn't played it, uh, we we reversed our usual setup. So she's the one driving the game, and I'm just commenting this time. Cool. Uh, let's see what else have I got going. Um, I played. What was it? Oh, uh, kids came out. Right. It was. Did you play odd little any... game? Did you play any of the like pre-release versions, the demos that they would have it? No. Huh. Were, were they what... significantly different? Well, that's that's what I'm wondering. If I haven't played the the release version, yeah, I wonder, okay. I'm guessing they probably just added more scenes. Yeah, probably. Um, but I, a... like, I didn't notice there was like any kind of coherent narrative of any kind. Exactly. Not really. There, it does sort of have a progression because as you go through it more and more kids accumulate. So you're dealing with larger and larger crowds. Hmm. Okay. But uh, yeah, it, it's an odd little thing. I'm I, just for, so people know what we're talking about. It's, it's uh, um, it's a movie by Harmony Koran from yep. <laughs> early nineties. Uh, you it's, it, it looks like uh it's like a digital, uh, what was his name? Keith Herring uh, yep. painting the little, the little guys, and you're just, uh, I, I play it on an iPad, so it's all touchscreen. You're just kind of pushing around these guys, and they run around, and eventually they run to a big hole and jump into it. Or or there's a scene where they're falling uh, through space, and so you poke one and swipe him down so that he falls faster and falls away, and then it goes to another scene, and and sometimes there are crowds of them these kids just standing around pointing at each other and you tap them and they point at other ones instead. And I don't know, it's just an odd progression. These weird little vignettes that I'm not sure what the point is, but it was amusing. Sometimes they're going through like guts and yeah, you have yeah. to like click a thousand times uh, to like to squeeze them through, squeeze this, them through this the guts. Colon. And yeah, and then about two thirds of the way through the game, it gets to another one of those gut scenes, and you don't feel like clicking another thousand times, so you just quit the game and never <laughs> see the rest of it. That's the intended ending, by the way. Is it? Well, is no. for you to get tired of it and I, quit I, about two thirds of the way through. I mean, if I were making that game, it would be okay. Yeah, you're was... always trying to your your always core pillars get... are like to be punitive. <laughs> always trying to get the player to stop. Yeah. <laughs> To realize huh. the fundamental pointlessness of wasting your limited time left to be alive on this. <laughs> That's a tricky balancing act because you as the developer eventually want to stop making content, but right. you don't want to stop before the player stops playing that content. 
Well, luckily, we God invented this cool thing called procedural generation. <laughs> yeah, but hmm, you uh, you you have to be able. You need you want to keep including like new and better tricks to get, try and get the player to stop playing. <laughs> so if you so you'd have to have a procedural generation engine for those as well that would scale up as the player keeps playing. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's a it's hard being me. <laughs> <clears throat> I have not played much uh, because I was traveling uh, other than stuff that I could play on my laptop or my telephone. And so the laptop was just a bunch more of the Hearthstone single-player content, uh, the last of which came out today. It's still very compelling in a just, like, kind of repeatable Skinner box kind of way. Hearthstone's good, guys. It's a good video game. <laughs> And I'm definitely not just saying that because of all of the time and money that I've sunk into it. I really, I really like it. I, in fact, even on my trip to Stockholm, I was playing it and really enjoying it, and I was really glad to be there. Right. I didn't really take a trip to Stockholm. That was a, that was a joke. Yeah. Uh, so mostly, I played phone games. Uh, I played one game called Sinker Two S I N K R. Bad name. Uh, it is a Kind of a like a geometric puzzle game where your interactions are there are hooks on the ends of lines and you can click the end you can click the thing that the line is coming out of to move the hook like one unit on the grid closer to the line like you're reeling in the hooks and then there are like balls that you are trying to get into holes that you can move with those hooks and like you can the hooks are off to one side of the line and you can click on them to flip them you can hook a hook with another hook uh, <laughs> but can you plug a plug into a okay you plug? can't i literally can't plug a plug into a plug but in this game i can hook a hook with a hook and that lets you move them back and forth without y using up that, like that's the only way to get more line on one hook is to pull it out with another hook. So it's a it's this kind of increasingly complicated order of operations puzzles for just moving things. I shouldn't say it's a geometry, but it's like a spatial puzzle hmm. about getting these things where they need to be with very fundamentally limited uh, abilities to influence the world. Um, but it's it's neat. I mean, it's a little iOS puzzle game. It, it, those kind of are what they are. Um, I played all the way through the first one and about halfway through the sequel of a game called The Birdcage, which is just a very low-budget The Room. Oh, yeah. Uh, I played that, too. That's pretty good. It's a, it's are you a, trying to get into or out of a birdcage? Uh, you're trying to open a birdcage so the bird can get out okay. just 50 times in a row. Um Okay. Yeah, I don't know what's up with that bird that keeps getting back in the birdcage after you. Yeah, it's let it's it go. pretty weird. I mean, and the the puzzles are all pretty constrained. They're just like thing like devices that are attached to the outside of a birdcage. They're not none of it is hard really. It's more just kind of like ah, let me solve this like extremely 
freshman level mist puzzle and move on to the next thing. There, each level also has these three hidden gems, which in the first level or the first couple were like inside hidden panels and stuff. But then in all of the remaining levels, they're just like visible as soon just as you start the level hidden. and yeah. you just have to <laughs> spin the camera view around and pick them up. The The sequel, they're actually like every once in a while I would finish a level and realize that I hadn't found all the gems because they're actually like sometimes concealed in clever ways or like you really have to look carefully to find them. Um, and then like you find these little like pieces of paper with, some story that I don't care about at all uh, on them. Uh, but it's like, I would say that each of the bird cages takes five to seven minutes to solve. And it's just, it's kind of satisfying to like use yeah. these little machines. It, and it it's, um, feels good to drag a lever down and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. And I, I was annoyed. I, I had like started playing it and got kind of into it. And then I recommended it to you, Riff, in the Slack. And then the very next moment, I thought that I had run into a 15 puzzle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they have yet to actually put a 15 puzzle in front of you uh, as far as I've gotten. There is one thing that works like that, except there are two empty spaces. So mm. it is just not nearly as annoying as a 15 puzzle. That's fair. Um. I mean, it would still be better if it were anything other than that, but... Is that a 14 puzzle? Yeah, I guess. Uh, I really, I guess it was an, a 7 puzzle because it was only on a 3x3 three three grid. Okay. Oh, wow. Anyway, That's even so easier. It would, yeah. would have been a 9 puzzle, yeah. Uh, and then I played, and I don't... I feel like even as I was playing this, it was like, I'm only doing this because of the sense of like the emotional arousal that I am experiencing because of how much I don't like it. And I, you know what? I'm deleting it right now. Um, it is an, a licensed Dungeons and Dragons phone game huh. called like Warriors of Waterdeep, which is just one of those things like that fucking Star Wars game where it's like, here's your party of adventurers and here's a million packs of trading cards, some of which are like, upgrades to their equipment and shit and here's a bunch of different currencies that you have no idea what they do or which ones yeah. of them are valuable right. and i'm and downloading it's, that right now that that being that angry sounds amazing it's not i it's just disappointment it's just like empty microtransaction shell you i like i wanted to see how it worked because often you can imagine the game that the developers who are actually on the ground here wanted to make and it's like okay it's like it's like a lightweight tactical rpg where you've got you know some cool abilities and and positioning matters a little bit it's like you're you're fighting stuff on like a four by four grid and and you go through these like you know missions and then you open a treasure chest but then you open the treasure chest and it's just a fucking loot box like it's never like oh this is a you, you have to you have to pay real money for the key to unlock the treasure chest. There are some that are on a timer. Like a, you can open one of these chests every seven hours or whatever. There are some that you can only get if you're a VIP. I don't know what the fuck that means. But it's the kind of thing where there was a version of this game that I would have paid, let's say, $10 for. If they had asked for $10 so like turn off ads and give you access to all of the premium features, and now it's just a kind of a grindy relatively high production value tactical RPG that you can play on your phone. That would have been fine, but there's not 
it, you know that that they don't work like that, right? Like there isn't any there isn't any way to be done paying for it if you decide to pay for it at all. But uh huh. man, man oh man. Loot box laws. Yeah. What's that going to what's that going to amount to? I don't know. Probably nothing. I mean, we'll see, right? It's I was really hoping to see the industry clean up its own act before the government did it for them. But what what interest does the industry have in not being governed, not being regulated? Like you you know that the regulation is going to be terrible. The draft that I saw was incredibly vague. Yeah. And like so many things would apply that aren't really what they're going for that it would be frustrating. Yeah. Almost no. Like my response to stuff like that in terms of like decision making about an internet company was to ignore it 100% of the time. Well, because like every everything like this that ever got passed ended up being struck down as unconstitutional the first time it was challenged. Mm -hmm. And so like, oh my God, what are we going to do to become compliant with COPPA? We're going to fucking nothing. Like the same thing that we did to become compliant with the last one of these, we're just going to do nothing. We're going to continue to like not be operating in bad faith and it, everything is probably going to be fine. Like, yeah, you just don't want to be the, the, the test case that has to, yeah, to strike it down. Sure. I mean, you know, so, something kills everything. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's a true note. I mean, I, it, it see just, you next week, everybody. <laughs> there are just like every once in a while, there is just a bunch of panic about a thing that almost never actually amounts to anything. And like at a certain point, participating in the panic is just like, it's bad for you and it's bad for the world. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I don't know, man. I mean, part of this is maybe just being lazy. Part of it is maybe we did come into compliance with COPPA because Kevin did it and I just didn't know about it. <laughs> but like, but also like we don't store any identifying information about people in any way that like anyone has access to. I, fuck, I don't know. We just have no idea. And nobody does. Nobody has any idea. So the safest thing to do is nothing. The safest thing to do is just go about your business. And if you're not being exploitative, you're not going to get in trouble for being exploitative. I think I think not being gross helps a lot, for sure. Right? Because you're not trying to fleece people, so there's yeah. a lot less of a reason. And like, to there's a lot. There's care. plenty of people who are who are going to be the first ones in line for everyone to yell at so like even if it got to us we would be so far down the list i think zynga finally sold their building oh yeah yeah their building became so much of a major super majority of their assets that are they still like are they renting it now i don't know or are they just do they just move somewhere I and no does, do, does you do you say that because like the dog is gone or something? No, I just heard it on the giant bombcast. I think I that they sold the building finally. It's where I get all my gaming news about San Francisco buildings. <laughs> We're in a San Francisco building. I know. We're in kind of a building inside a building. Yes. This is technically a building rather than a room. Why don't they call them whisper buildings? Wait, why is it a building? Because it's it's free. It's not yeah. connected to. You built it. It has a basement. <laughs> it does. 
<laughs> it's a very shallow basement. I don't. I think. I think it is not a building. It's like you can't just have a building inside another building. Right? Sure, you can. You park an, if you put an RV in a garage, you have a building inside a building. Mm. If you put a trailer inside a trailer warehouse. Haven't you played uh, Kentucky Route Zero? Yeah. There's all kinds of things that really blur the distinctions between indoor and outdoor spaces. Kevin, an entire video game's worth. I maintain that this is more of a building than a room. What do you think? What do you think a building is? I think a building is like on the ground, probably. This could be on the ground, but it's not. It's not a freestanding building. It's like a, it's a room inside a building. If you built a shed and someone called it a room, would you get annoyed? No, but no one would ever say that because yeah. it w- because <laughs> would, a shed is obviously be, a building and not a room. You'd just be nonplussed. And this is this is entirely like a shed and entirely unlike a room. No, it's a room on the inside. A shed is a room built, on the inside. If you built a shed yeah. inside this inside this so building, you can call you it a building not... when you're outside of it, but when we're inside of it, we call it a room. A room is part of a building. Who, has anybody seen the movie Room? Yes. Not the room, but room. Yes. Was it a room or was it a building? It was a shed. It was a shed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what? I thought I hadn't, but I did. I did watch it. Yeah? Yeah, like a, like two months ago or something. I, I had forgotten about it. I think I was thinking I hadn't seen that movie because I don't remember watching the movie that I imagined that movie would be. Oh, sure. Because, I mean, spoilers, I guess, but... Almost none of the movie takes place inside the room that it is about. Um, And so I just kind of, yeah. Does it seem like there's a lot of, like, people escaping from captivity? From rooms? Fiction. Are you thinking of Kimmy Schmidt? I am. But there was was room. Inspired by room escape games. Maybe. I don't know. It just seems like a surprising amount of... Of that in the cultural zeitgeist or whatever. Also, maybe this is why people think that this is funny. What is the room in the movie The Room? Like, what fucking room is the title of that movie about? (laughs) I've not seen it, so I don't. There isn't like an important room in the story. Maybe the room is Tommy Wiseau's brain, Mm. like the the space inside his head where the story takes place. The OA was another one that. Was, oh, yeah. was it about escaping from captivity? Yeah. In part, yeah. But also, I mean, like, that was, it was sort of backstory. What have you been playing, Kevin? Uh, so I played on the Switch. I played through Gato Roboto. Yeah. Uh, it is Is that largely... about the robot from Chrono Trigger? Sure. Uh, I don't remember the robot from Chrono Trigger. I, he gives I you silver remember... points. I don't really right. remember anything about the Chrono series at all it's been so long since i have played those um no but this is basically just uh a very metroid inspired game to the point where like the tile sets are very reminiscent and you might arguably be on that planet he has maybe. metal joints i just remember that other line oh yeah um but you you play as a cat in a power armor suit uh, oh like i think i saw around. the splash screen for that or something it's black and white yeah. it's uh it's very cute um you look at it and you mistake it for undertale sure or minute yeah, yeah. 
Uh, More minute than Undertale. Yeah. Uh, it is moment to moment. It's it's really good. There are some obnoxious sort of like boss fight sequences, and there's some very questionable like checkpoint stuff that they yeah, do. Yeah, I was just watching Zach play that before the podcast, and the checkpoint before the boss fight is also before the cutscene before the boss fight. Yeah, all of the che- all the fucking bummer. checkpoints are always before the, the cutscenes, and so you have to every time you die to a boss fight, you have to watch the goddamn cutscene again, which is infuriating. Like that's like game design one hundred and two. It's like it's, it's real, to, real basic. How to yeah? How to like help your players? Also, there's like a point of no return, which they call out very explicitly. Um, it says you know if you want to go collect anything else, now's the time. Um, but when you go past that and you fight the boss and you in the game, your save file is at this like post game sequence. Like it's just you can't do anything else. And like so they like sort of call it out, but like I have never played a game where the save file just becomes useless. Like it's usually like this is the point at which you will return to if you beat the game and then come back to your save file. I know Devolver published this, but like Devolver's branding is so just so overwhelms every other thing about their games right. that I just think of it as being a Devolver game, even though I know that's not how anything works. Yeah, it's Doinksoft <laughs> or whatever is yeah. the... Who, who made it? Doinksoft, I think, is the, the studio. Um, but it's like, overall, it's super cute. It's like a three-hour game. It's it's definitely worth playing. Um, so if you're a completionist, make absolutely sure you have everything when you get to the point of no return, or else you're gonna be very sad. Do you think is that it clear when that is? Um, if you if you go back to the title screen and look at your completion percentage, if you don't have 100, percent you have missed something. Right. So like, they, do you know when the point of no return is? You will. You it, yeah. They they tell you very explicitly. Okay in the game where the point of no return is. Do you think there's a a group of game designers who grew up like really getting into the process of like watching a cutscene over and over again and like absorbing it into their themselves like no. you know how <laughs> in, when you play Dark Souls you like you you are wandering around the same space for a long time dying repeatedly and you kind of just absorb the space into your head and you just get to know it like the back of your hand that's one of the cool things about that game it is like getting to know these spaces so well sure but that's different I think. it is it's different for me but maybe there are people for whom like getting to know a conversation like that I, like I, I had to fight I this it's... boss 20 times and now I know this conversation so well. I think it has more to do with the fact that like game makers save and load logic is rudimentary. And unless you're going to like do something cool with it, you're you just end up. Yeah. Was that, this made in game maker? Was, yeah. Also, when when the developers were iterated iteratively testing this boss fight and playing through it over and over again, they were absolutely not having to hammer through the cutscenes. Yeah. They were probably yeah. just loading a state that was right. right at the, the, like they were just fighting the boss in a room that had a copy of that boss monster in right. it that yeah. they could just yeah, no doubt. instantly reset. But still, like, yeah, it's, that's a bummer. Yeah. That is a bummer for like a, for an otherwise good game. It's like, like just a couple of weird little polish issues that can really sort of detract like that. And it's just, it's something that they could theoretically patch in. 
it's later. I'm it's assuming. totally possible that like they just added the cutscenes like the day before they shipped. Yeah. Oh, that's true. It's also possible that if you like hit the missile button, it skips it or something. Or no, there's no. Not that I found. Hmm. Um. I was playing it with mouse and keyboard, and or not mouse. I was playing it with keyboard, and I was having a very hard time wrapping my head around. Like I was constantly shooting missiles when I meant to shoot my gun, and vice versa. There are so I played it with controller because I was playing it on Switch. I played it with the Pro controller, mm-hmm. and it was good largely. But then there's you you get a couple of it, it became hard to not accidentally dash when I wanted to shoot a missile, and vice versa. Just because in in a heated boss fight, you're you're not necessarily going to make the right button choice and that became very frustrating but it's it's a good game like the upgrade situation is good that there's a little bit of sequence breaking you can do um it's just it's nice it's got that kind of blaster master thing where you can get out of the yeah. suit as the cat and get into spaces that are smaller than you ah, could get into nice. in the suit are yeah, there people just, there to pet you no no it's just toads there to murder you yeah it is the cat if you hit you have like a single hit point it is a little frustrating because the you're in the mech and part of what you're one of the collecti- one of the main collectibles you're getting is like health to increase your like hit points um but then the the first boss fight you do in the mech suit the second one you do in like a little in another craft that has fewer hit points and then the third one you do as the cat with your single hit point which is frustrating. Mm. So like a single t- if you get hit a single time you just die and have to start over which again because you have to watch the cutscene every time is super frustrating. Um but whatever. Uh and the other two games I played I played were phone games. Uh one is this sort of interesting game called Ordia. Um it is a your little blob and you're you're sort of like you're flicking yourself to get to move around the world so you like start in a puddle at the bottom and you sort of flick yourself out of it and then you kind of latch onto these little points on the screen and you're just trying to get all the way to the top where you sort of evolve into a different kind of blob um and it's just very it's a very like well-designed game there's a bunch of things to like collect as you're making your way up and then there's increasingly difficult sort of challenges there's little monsters that chase you and areas that you can't touch because they've got poisonous uh, fungus or something on it. Um, oh, it looks like Tumblestone. A little bit, yeah. It's got the same, it's got that very much, that same art style. Or, um, not. it's not Tumblestone, it's... Uh, no, sorry, the ice cold beer one. Yeah. Tumbleseed. Tumbleseed. Yeah, yeah. shit. Yeah. I, in formulating that thing before I said it out loud, I made that mistake and then corrected it, but then, then re- remade it. Um. And then the other game that I've actually spent a fair bit of time playing uh, is one of the game club games, the ones that like aren't really on the App Store, but you can get for free as part of their like test flight scenario. Um, it's called, and it's an old game, so it used to be on the App Store, I think, Dr. Splot's Nanobots. Have you ever heard of this? No. Um, it's weird. It is a the the game main gameplay loop is that there is a grid of symbols and you are tracing out four of them. You have to start and end on the same symbol. So like if there's two right next to each other, you can just make a little square. You can like go out one, come down, and come back to it. Um, and there's a timer that's counting down while you're sort of collecting these things in groups of four. They don't have to be the same, but the first and last one do. If all four of them are the same, it's worth a lot more. Um, and so it's a very different kind of thing than like a match three or even the, well, I don't know what the, the, the 
puzzle craft one where you're like making long chains you're just yeah a dungeon raid like dungeon raid like yeah um what did we call what, what we had a like? word for that we had uh, we had we coined a term for that kind of a trace a, a trace them up <laughs> i don't know yeah i thought we also had a term for it, a war games whopper you yeah. know you're, you're um so it's it's it it's a very different mindset than both of those, and it, and it being an odd or an even number uh, makes it pretty hard. Like my brain is very used to looking at things on a grid and seeing like combinations of three things that fit together, but the fourth one is is trickier, right? Because it's like now you're looking for L shapes, you're looking for things that are four apart, which is like just far enough that like your brain has a harder time, especially if the interstitial two are different, has a hard time connecting. So it's like. I actually kind of feel like I like it because it's just a harder, hard enough more than like a, than like a match three kind of game. Um, and the time element means that you don't have a lot of, of time to sort of like stare at the, the grid and figure out your options. You have to really sort of start internalizing it. Um, if you collect sets of four or, or so you get more time on the timer. So you can start doing these like long chains. Um, but then you use that and it, like you're fighting enemies with, the, it's like collecting energy that fights that fights enemies um and there's sort of like a dumb overarching plot um but it's it's good it's a good it's a good game it's got it's got a lot of trappings of like a microtransaction game but with no microtransactions which is kind of weird a lot of little nanobots that you're collecting and leveling up yeah so this thing they haven't run out of spaces on their test flight and no also Apple's still looking the other way. I have no idea. I don't understand this thing at all. I mean, Apple has definitely relaxed some of the rules about test flight. Um, I don't know if that means that, that you now have an unlimited number of invitations or not. Um, I haven't, I haven't, we haven't done anything with it since the rules have changed. Um, but, I, you know, it it works pretty well. Cool. Yeah. What about you, Jim? Uh, so I was going through my uh, PS Plus games. Like after you've been subscribed for a while, you just have like, I have like 150 or so. Are these games that you... PS? So PS Plus like gives you like like three free games every month. And you have to download them that you, month? You have to like go to the store and, and put them in your cart and check out. Okay. You don't actually have to download them, but at, then they are your then they're yours to keep for uh, as long as you are subscri- currently subscribed. Uh, as long as you're currently subscribed, right? Yes. Okay. Um, that was the the differential. And I was looking at this list, just like there's got to be something interesting in here. Uh, and basically, all you get is the name and the icon, and if you click on it, you can download the game. But like, there's no like presumably somewhere there exists a trailer for this game. Right. But like you get the community page and every tab says check back soon. Okay. Uh, like for every game. I like I feel like there's a bug or something or <laughs> we're hoping to have a community for this any day now. <laughs> right. Uh, like sometimes you'll get like some forum posts where someone posts screenshots of like what they just achieved and those are useful cuz then you can get a screenshot of gameplay. Um and the game titles are so well, the game usually t- you don't know. The game titles are just like it's like they're just you know, 10 years ago you would just know the name of every indie game that came out that was of note. Right. And now it's it you just don't. Now it's so I ended up playing a game 
as soon as this opens up, uh, called Laser Disco Defenders. Okay. Um, which it turns out is a uh, it's supposed it, it seems like it's supposed to be a four player game, but it was just playing by myself, so that kind of sucks. <laughs> uh, but it's a twin stick shooter where you're on a jet pack, so it's there's some gravity when you're not actively moving. Uh, and with procedurally generated levels. And the one interesting thing about it is that when you shoot, your shots stay in the level and just bounce around and you can get hit by them. So you have... Forever? They stay in the level? Yeah. they oh. ha You have incentive to be very careful with your shots. Okay. And I think that's kind of neat. Um, are, you, are you defending a laser disco? Uh, I think you are the laser disco defender because, like, everybody's dressed up like they're going to the disco. Okay. Uh, and I think I could be just making this up, like thinking, like maybe this is what I expected to happen, but I think you get the little shiny ball thing when you win the level. I think it appears and and reflects light everywhere. The disco ball. Yes. That thing. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Sure. Um, so I bet that's pretty cool if you have three other friends there. That are also into disco. Well, I, I'm not that into disco. Like... Uh, and I played um, Micro Mages, which have we talked about this at all? Doesn't sound familiar. So Micro Mages was a game that uh, there was a Kickstarter for it like six months ago, maybe. Hmm. Um, and the game mostly existed, but they were um, it was the Kickstarter was to manufacture NES cartridges. Okay. Um, and this is a game that where the gimmick is that. It could have been a launch NES title, meaning um, it just uses it, it doesn't use any bank switching, so it's just a 32k code ROM and a 16k graphics ROM, um, like all the NES launch titles were. Um, and it's an interesting constraint from a game development perspective, but like, and like it's a, there was a really good Kickstarter video where. They broke down like, here's how we compressed the levels, and here's how you get a bunch of graphics out of the 16K. Oh, yeah. I remember looking at screenshots of this. I do remember you maybe linking to a Twitter on Twitter to a video of- Oh, yeah. That sounds right. The level, like super, super efficient level generation right. thing that they did. Yeah. yeah. And the result is like a totally, you know, it's a it's not- a, a great game, but it's fun. It probably would have been great in 1985 or whatever. Um, but it's definitely, and this is a good thing now, it's definitely tuned a lot easier than those games were. Hmm. Like, I got to, like, the, three, the third out of four worlds on my first attempt before losing my lives. So, like... In 1984, that would have been unconscionable. That would have been like, this game is way too easy. Um, and nowadays, it's like, well, man, I don't know. I don't even know if, know if I'm going to play it again. Like, maybe now that's too hard. Did uh, you watch Tom's uh, video about difficulty that he uh, posted uh, the other day? I don't think I did. It's, it's, uh, he, he then followed it up with some videos about what he thinks he's going to try to do about this problem. But he just, essentially the thesis of his video was that Difficulty is so variable f be 
for any given pair of player and game that it is effectively random and that there is nothing that you can do about it. <laughs> well, well, you, what you can do is you can give the player a a bunch of a control slider. over it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, so and I, and I, I think like a lot games have a lot of different kinds of difficulty, and like the better, the more you can expose to the player, the better. As as a slider, I mean, Melissa was trying to play Celeste and. We turned on the accessibility option where you just can't die. And even then, she was having a hard time getting around. Hmm. So everyone else, uh, at like 100% of the other stories that I had heard about Celeste difficulty stuff was that turning the speed to 90% from 100% was all it ever took for anyone. Huh. This is the first anecdote of anyone using any of the other. Huh. Accessibility features beyond that one. I mean, she's not a, a big platform player. Also, like the controls of Celeste are fucking terrible. Well, and it makes it almost impossible to succeed at the video game. Did you play it? You played it on Switch? Yeah. Did I you think, try I it think it's 90%? On Switch. No. No, because my problem was that, like, it would just take longer for the level to restart because I. Oh, dashed that, that the, gets slowed down because too. I dashed in the wrong direction. No, I just like I you immediately know when you dash in the wrong direction, like like you do forty percent of the time, that you're fucked and that, are going to have to start over. So it's just well it, now I have to it wait. It may be that ninety uh, percent speed is enough extra time for you to for position to, to like, stick the like slightly more precisely. Yeah, maybe that's true. But if you're not enjoying the game, like I was. Oh, okay. Well, maybe, except for that, maybe try it then, which was evident just all the time. Yeah. Uh, and this is also a four-player game that I was playing by myself. Hmm. The Micro Mages. Yeah. How oh, that you couldn't have had a launch four-player NES game. Yeah, that's stretching it a bit. It's got whatever the multi-tap equivalent of the time support was. You could have had a two-player game. Was though. it called Four Play? <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't think so. Uh, I don't think Nintendo would have been down with that. <laughs> D- Could have been a D-T-F. localization joke or a jokalization. <laughs> Four score is what it was called. Wow. It's an Abraham Lincoln joke. Yeah. Now see, which is worse? A joke about Abraham Lincoln or a joke about heavy petting? Uh, it depends who your audience is. Yeah. Yeah, if your audience is people with Confederate flags on the walls of their basements, mm-hmm. nah, they don't want to hear about either. Uh, yeah. And I played some more Stardew Valley. Um, How are your tasks? You know, they're coming along. Good. I'm, I'm uh, still watering stuff. I upgraded my, my watering. So when you get to winter, like, uh, there, I couldn't find a place to get seeds that grow in the winter, so I just took that time to upgrade my watering can because you, huh. can't, you can't use, <laughs> you can't use you if only you can't use your tool the tool that you're upgrading like you give it to the blacksmith and you can't use it for like three days. So since I didn't have anything to water, I was like, this is a great time to, and so like I upgraded it to, uh to something that can water more than one square at once, but huh. the a controls bucket? for it. What's that? A bucket. Right. You just slosh it over yeah. the 
crops uh except the controls for doing so are like so fiddly at least it's on a touch screen that it's almost not more efficient than just tapping each square individually mm. um i'm starting to make friends with the other villagers the way you do this is by giving them gifts and that's basically the only interaction you can have with them it's just like real life uh-huh um uh i gave one of them a fried egg that had been in my pocket for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, they said, fried egg. I'm in love. <laughs> they said, thanks. This might come in handy later. <laughs> so you're trying to, you're trying to make this as much as possible. Like your real life farm experience <laughs> where you gave an egg to a horse. <laughs> oh, that was so good. I haven't found any horses in this game. Um, uh, there's another villager who, like, seemingly, like, no matter what you give them, like, you can give them some copper ore, and they'll say, oh, this looks delicious. Thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so they've got Pika. <laughs> right. And then there was a person who, like, gave me a quest to get them a pale ale. And, like, I think you have to make it. I think you have to grow hops and brew it yourself because wow. I couldn't find it. I, you couldn't find it in the saloon. That, that um, goes above and beyond a simple favor. <laughs> right. And at one point I, I, I found, I, I was fishing and I pulled a, a cola can out of the river and I forgot what she had wanted. So I tried giving her the Jojo cola and she got real mad. She was like, <laughs> oh, this is despicable. But like, I think that was the, <laughs> I think that was the gift, like, because it's the same option to give somebody a quest item as it is to give them a gift. So I think she thought oh. I was trying to gift her a can of Coca-Cola, of Joja Cola or whatever it was. River soda. <laughs> right. LaCroix. Mm. She probably doesn't know where it came from, but is, were you supposed to give her granola or something? It's like, I, how do you? So I, every. Everybody just likes different stuff. Um, and I was going on the wiki. Some of them want an unvaccinated <laughs> child. <laughs> oh, there's a black person in the game, and he has a multiracial daughter, so that's good. Okay. Uh, there's two. Is she vaccinated? Two colored people. The, the, the game does not address vaccinations at all. What about circumcision? <laughs> nope. Uh, I'm just trying to think of opinions that people in this community could have. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you give them a foreskin. Oh, that's what it was called. It was the Nintendo foreskin. <laughs> those were the different. Those were the different stickers you could get to put on your foreskin to theme it after different games, like the C3PO foreskin. <laughs> so I, I went to the wiki to figure out what people liked, and like every character, uh, I, I went. So the wiki, the wiki page, the starter Valley wiki page for this character. And the first thing you see is like 10 pages of like what this person's day-to-day -day schedule is for every possible like combination of like, is it a holiday? Is it raining? What day of the week is it? And it's just going down like, here's where they go at, at every, every timestamp. And like my eyes just glazed over and I could feel like all the mystery in this game boiling off into space. Um, and so I've been, you know, I have been using the wiki, but I've been 
using it extremely ju judiciously because I know that like if I look at the wrong thing, you know, it's it's really going to like I saw um uh someone wrote about playing Animal Crossing and I don't know why they did this to themselves, but what they did was they like set they went into the system settings and they set the date forward uh until they had seen all the the special events that happened like in an afternoon they went through every possible mm. day um and then never played the game again because there was just no mystery yeah, left yeah they'd seen everything yeah that's terrible yeah and so like i feel like it would be really easy to just like spend the wrong 15 minutes on the Stardew Valley wiki and then just like mm. okay i'm i don't need to play this game anymore I gotta but, say though, but then that just saves you from playing this game. Yeah, well, yeah. Like doing that for animal—that is the only way that I would ever see any of the content from Animal Crossing because I don't want to play a single-player game where I inhabit a world in which events unfurl in real time. Yeah, well, and, and Stardew Valley is like th there's a big distinction in that like you can go to bed and the day advances and you are playing it again immediately and you're not waiting for the next real-time day. Yeah, uh, but I feel like every video game is, to some extent, the illusion of being something interesting and the illusion of productivity. So, like, it's just a matter of, like, how much you're willing to suspend disbelief. I mean, a video game is interesting, right? Like, it's not like something can... Well, there's, right no there. su there's no such thing as false interestingness <laughs> if you're interested in it. <laughs> It's interesting. Okay. Right? All right. All right. That's that's probably a fair take. Is there? But there are things that sort of manipulate you to shoot your. I guess. Yeah. There are receptors. things that can convince you that they are. Like, I guess, by providing an optimized novelty schedule, yeah, they will keep you interested in them more than they deserve. Yeah, and but I, then what does that mean, and who gets to decide? Right, and I, I feel like this game is way more on that end of things than most games I play. Like, I've I've put a bunch of time into this game now, and a lot of it is a lot of it has been like just watering my crops and going to see what the villagers have to say and a lot of the time they don't have anything new to say but they might i mean if you had spent that time like watering real crops knitting a doily meet, that no neighbors. one would ever care about you know mm -hmm. like yeah. it's <clears throat> maybe it's better because that at the end of it at least you got a doily you have mm -hmm. you you got a little bit better at knitting what if you'd use that time to cure some pork Curate of what? Well, it's supposed like, to cancer. Okay, all right, I get it. Curate of not having a doily. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's big. It's like putting a doily on a pig, <laughs> which is to say, a great use of your time. You could perfume the doily. Hmm. Make a silk you purse. Make it, give it a nice barbecue pork smell. <laughs> you think a pig would be offended if you gave it a doily that smelled like? Barbecue pork. <laughs> I, can a pig be I, offended? <laughs> I, I feel like it would depend on whether the pig had ever like been around when another pig, it, like a pig it knew, burned to death. Oh, huh. Jeez. 
Oh, jeez. That <laughs> feels like a thing that wouldn't happen. Right, yeah. <laughs> I bet it has. The, like, cause yeah, how... so we need to find that pig and then give it the doily that smells like its dead friend. Specifically, its dead friend. <laughs> right. Here, we thought you would want to remember your friend and how delicious <laughs> he was. Uh, shall we talk about our assignments? I think we'd better. Yuppie Psycho. Yeah. Uh, I thought that I wasn't going to be on the next show, and I also didn't want to play the game because of its name, so I know nothing about <laughs> wow. it. Wow. And I'm sorry. So I thought this game was a pretty, like, so if it had just been the adventure game part, I feel like it would have been a pretty competently made mm -hmm. uh, corporate horror adventure game. Agree. Yeah. Um, what is it? What so? What is the game like? Describe the game to our listeners who haven't played it, as it though you were is... describing it to me. Okay, so imagine, imagine vaporwave Silent Hill, that is a point-and-click adventure with occasional like, sort of like stealth and dodging around enemies type sections because you can't really fight anything. What is Silent Hill like? <laughs> uh, is it like Resident Evil? I don't. And I, what is vaporwave? I like somebody else tried. Somebody, I I totally failed at my description. Somebody <laughs> else gets to try. Fuck. Uh, you're a character, and you're wandering through a world, and you're solving some puzzles, and there's some scary shit that happens. I mean. There's, vaporwave is just like new, like nouveau '80s, right? It's, it's so like, close to vaporware that like, like it's like a, it's like <laughs> yeah, a game it's, that didn't it's like is, is is Hotline Miami vaporwave? Sure, yeah. Okay, like, then that's a, a, a yellow T-shirt with a pink neon palm tree on it is vaporwave. It's is a, that sort of aesthetic, like a trap, a trapper is keeper outlaw? Yes, yes. Okay. Hypnospace okay. outlaw is extremely. Would Jay vaporwave. say that hypnospace outlaw? Was no, vaporwave. he would not. Okay. You don't think so? He would argue that he has argued that. Would he say that oh. it is cool punk? I think he would say it was cool punk. He was, um, he was arguing on Twitter that vaporwave is something more specific than what his game is. Okay, that's fair. It might be that I don't have a good grasp of what exactly vaporwave they're, is. But they're definitely like in the same ballpark. Yeah. It's also like if you are about to take a hit from your sick rig and you see somebody that you know in the distance uh -huh. and your other hand is <laughs> occupied with some other task... A critical decision that you have to make, vape or wave. <laughs> uh -huh. So I feel like this game, like, the biggest problem I had with it was that... The fucking save the system? Save well, okay, system. no, yeah. that that's uh, I didn't actually get that far because okay. I just played one session and then quit. I see. Um, uh, the biggest, pro biggest problem that I had with the part that I played was um, that... The the game has you going into a weird horror scenario, but the whole world it posits is a weird horror scenario. <laughs> so like well, what do you mean by that? I mean like the the cast system that the that yeah, you come, it's you're like coming a, from. It's like, like a, a real uh, 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 dystopian dystopian, that's the word. Yeah. This this horrible like where the the main character is what he's like a G rated 
person or G rank. And, G, yeah. Like, yeah. And, and part of, part of the benefit of getting a job at a nice corporation like this is that he gets immediately moved up to being a, a B or a, or even a rank citizen who has, who has all the benefits and so on. Right. And so coming from that background, like none of this stuff felt like it was like, it's, it's kind of, weird and horrific to me but to the character like this could just be like yeah this is just what the world is like mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> i mean it's I, I get the impression that there's weird and there isn't weird metaphysical stuff happening but out also right the yeah world. <laughs> i'm sure the world but, outside but the character does not was like so <laughs> anxious and nervous about everything mm-hmm. that like it really, i don't know it just didn't feel it didn't decreases feel, their ability to create tension in situations when Everyone, when uh, tension when, is just the yeah, same. When the guy's yeah. tense about everything yeah. anyway. Yeah, I could see that, I guess. But you you don't need that because the the game creates a bunch of tension for the, the player by just having some really creepy stuff going Yeah, on. and I think that stuff works fine. And I, yeah. I, I really liked that because it... it when, you, when you first start out, you know, and you're like down in the, in the lobby talking to the the two other new applicants to the to the office building that are that are there and I don't know it's like you immediately you go okay I see how I see exactly how this game is going to work over over time it is it is going to become clear that something scary and horrible is is actually going on in this otherwise normal looking office building but nope as soon as you get in the elevator everything goes insane immediately yeah. Like I, I loved that. That was great. Yeah. If we haven't said the name, because I don't remember, it's Yuppie Psycho. Why is it called Yuppie Psycho? Are you the Yuppie Psycho? That you know, I'm not sure that clear that's clear. Yeah, maybe there is sort of a there is sort of a an antagonist that you are interacting with who is kind of a Yuppie Psycho, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess I could see that that one that one character you could call a Yuppie Psycho. Um. The game is actually pretty good. Like, yeah, I I a... really liked the story and and the writing yeah. and 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 basically everything it did, except for I thought the bosses were tuned a little too hard. Sure. Uh, especially in light of the fact that the save system is a resource limited scarcity save system, which is that, awful. Gosh, <laughs> and the fact that you don't can, like, do you that could, ever. You could screw yourself. And with that too because yeah. like the the resource that you use which for the first half of the game is just for making saves later mm-hmm. becomes a currency that you need yeah. to actually get yeah. very important stuff yeah. oh man it's as though in resident evil they had started letting you use your typewriter ribbons to make black angus black burgers <laughs> <laughs> that were a consumable <laughs> that you could... <laughs> it is almost exactly like that uh fortunately the of the two things that you can buy with those only one of them is vital to completion of the game wow the uh, other one would be if you it, it one, would suck would to suck. not have the other one but it's yeah. possible without the other one uh, the, there's another trick it does where uh there's a consumable you find early on that you can like about halfway in the game you can start trading for right, the for resource the for your saves sure. but when you first find that at the beginning of the game the game actively encourages you to eat those as health items instead. Yep. Which is mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's shit like that that makes people hoard items in other games. The yeah. other, <laughs> the other really sort of anger-making design choice that they had in here is that there's a swing set in the game that will heal you one hit point at a time, and you can use as many times as you want. Oh shit! And I am, I am glad I did not notice that was healing me. Yeah, I went and just, like I went and sat in that a bunch of times yes. just because it was cute. Uh, uh, if I had noticed that that was healing me, that would have been a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Although this sounds like it's one of a number of player hostile decisions, whereas in Prey it was kind of a lone outlier. This was, this was. I mean, the save file thing is definitely like a choice they made that I don't necessarily agree with, yeah. but it was something intentional. I think the swing set thing was, was just bad design. I think we already talked about this when we talked about Prey, but I really liked how in Deus Ex, the water fountain would heal you for one hit point every Five time you times. used it. And then like it would say, it's out of water. Yeah. <laughs> Well, because like that at least solves the problem, right? Like you can, it's like you can do it. You can do the yeah. five times, and then you're done. Yeah. Uh, but you... it does posit a much bleaker world. Than... <laughs> <laughs> they don't just say you're not thirsty anymore. Yeah, yeah. So you have to go to the bathroom, which also gives you one hit point back. <laughs> <laughs> go five times. That reminds me. What was it? I was. I think it was a comment on a on a let's play I was watching of the new version of Pathologic where somebody commented that you can be starving to death and lose half your health and then apply a bandage and be okay. <laughs> yeah. But, Maybe you're eating the video bandage. Video games. <laughs> yeah, it's, somebody, it's a used bandage from somebody else, so eating ugh. it heals you because yeah. you're a vampire. I found myself saving... My blood has calories. <laughs> I found myself saving, and then I would go and like do a real quick sort of survey into a new area that I wasn't hadn't been to before just to sort of get a sense of how dangerous mm. it was. And then reload. And then, yeah. and then reload. Because you just there were places that like seemed innocuous but then it would immediately kill you if you didn't know what you were doing mm -hmm. and just seemed like such a waste. Also the game crashed a bunch and because it doesn't autosave yeah, you just that lose it only a crashed bunch once of for me but it made me real mad. It it crashed at a bad time. <laughs> It crashed for me. It crashed about every two hours, so I just oh, had dang. to like, yeah. Every time I, every time like it had been more than an hour, I would save and then like restart it. So that that's it that's another it. thing about resource based saves is save and quit should not cost anything. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but then that's perversely incentivizes. Sure. Well, yeah, which means you should shouldn't do resource based. Well, saves. unless the only way to reload from. A save and quit is to continue, and then that save doesn't God. exist anymore. Well, sure. That, yeah, that, yeah. that kind of makes That's sense. It's like yeah. a net hack style. Yeah. Yeah. It, just some weird choices. Also, you shouldn't do saves at all. I'm becoming more and more convinced that saving and loading is a thing that should not be exposed to the player, and that mm. in the future, I, I feel it like... will seem weird that that was a thing about games. I, I feel that way about every computer program that edits a document. <laughs> <laughs> like,. There is no reason not to be able to store infinite undos yeah. for like a fucking text document at right. this point. So but right. you also want to be able to branch things and stuff, right? Yeah, well, like, save as. Save as. Yeah. yeah. Like, or but save a copy. Just, but you're like, saying that you you don't want any of this exposed to the player. Uh, make a copy then. Just don't don't call it like if explicit yeah. saves are are a thing from when like it would take thirty seconds to save. Also, you're confusing me and Jim. Oh yeah, I said. That in video games, saving is a oh, thing right. that I think should not be should not be right. Uh, right. But, uh, but I'm saying, what if you want to branch? What if you want to play like a game, and then you want to be like, I want to make a different choice here, but I don't want to have to play through half the game to I, do I, it. I don't think that 
is worth allowing someone to do. Mm, wow. I would. I can't. Agree I, I, dis- with that. I disagree with that. I would ask for a, like a save as even in a video game. Yeah. But like I thought, I thought uh, West of Loathing handled it really well. Like I thought, um, it gave the your decisions real stakes in ways that we don't, in, in we ways don't that, let people branch it, and it's fine. I in think. ways that well, that, and I think they the fact that you can't branch actually was what gave it stakes. Yeah. Uh, but not every game like that's is, true. That's not, not ideal for every game. But we also, but we also are in the in the background. We're also auto saving every so often. So right. That, so for some like people could branch. Well, their... And if it and the game crashes, it doesn't. You don't lose all your progress, right? Like, like that's that's kind of what I'm saving. Like there should yeah. be there should be a way to like restore your situation. Without... But I I think it should constantly be saving every time you do something. I mean, which it does. West of Living saves every time you do anything, right? right. The reason that we have backups from longer than t- five seconds ago is because there was some save corruption bug where it was occasionally valuable to be able to tell somebody to move a JSON file from one place to another. It, and it's still, it's still yeah. 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 from time to time. Yep. Yep. I don't, you know, I, maybe I'm actually wrong and I don't feel like every video game should be like that. And I don't believe, because like, I, you know, a quick save, I guess I want in like an immersive sim, but stealth games become... Fuck, quick load. Fuck, quick load. Yeah. Fuck, quick load. Yeah. Fuck, quick load. And I don't know that that's. I don't know that that's amazing. Just but that's let on me, you. Let me turn on a checkpoint if I get caught. Thing or yeah, something, I feel like you know? what what I really wanted for this game was to have the the save points like the photocopiers like it has now, but just have those be infinite use. And if I wanted to, like, do half of the quest that I'm currently on and run back a couple rooms and save and then go back and continue what I was doing, yep. then then I could do that. And that'd be fine. I don't mind even going back to another floor to save before one, one, every, t- every so often when I'm progressing. You're just super incentivized to not save, and then when you do die, yeah. you and then you when you do so die, it progress. sucks because because like we were saying before, because then you have to read that entire conversation again, or or, or all the other yeah. stuff that you've done in the meantime. You have to yep. reload all those containers. Is and, the um yeah. is the consumable item that you use to save a special kind of paper that's big enough for your entire ass? <laughs> Close. That's it it is a exactly special. It, it is. is a special kind of paper. That you you Xerox your face in the copier and it copies your soul. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Every now and then it gives you like a super weird, creepy image instead of your regular face. Mm. That's good. Ooh, what if sometimes if you were copying your butt on that, it gave you a creepy, weird demon butt? Sure. (laughs) Like with a tail. Or just like your butt, but with your face on it. (laughs) Sure. Somebody copies their butt on the copier right before you are forced to copy your face on it uh, mm. the yes. first time. So that's good. Does the copy of you also get pink eye in that situation? <laughs> yep. <laughs> the so, yeah. plot is really good. The writing is good. Yeah. The characterization is really Plot's good. The good. The, the monster designs are really creative and neat. There's yeah. a ton of just really cool stuff that happens in it. It was great. I I just wish it wasn't so frustrating to play. It used to be a lot worse, apparently. Um, the, uh, I, cause I, I was looking for, I forget what I was looking up, 
but apparently a lot of the, especially the bosses, a lot of the moves they have now that, that just do a lot of damage to you used to be instant kills. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine playing it that way. That would have been way too much. As, as it was now, I, I got to the end of the game and, and got a reasonable ending, but it, I kind of had to force myself to do it just because the, the saves stuff was so frustrating. I ended up having to do that like water based section several times, mm-hmm. which was long. Well, our next assignment, uh, I won't commit the same sin because I've already played a bunch of it, uh, is Void Bastards, which Yay! is just a thing that we all want to play because it's very good. It's very um, good. Yeah. And we want to be like every other video game podcast where we talk about it a bunch. Cool. <laughs> um, Looking forward to it. Yeah. Gentlemen, I've had a fantastic time recording episode number 373 of Video Games Hot Dog, a pirate radio show on the internet about video games. A pirate radio show about video games on the internet? What's the order? The games are not on the internet necessarily. Yeah, but it's not, the internet is not about games. I mean, let's be honest, yes it is. (laughs) From our point of view. And I hope we do it again real soon. And listeners, I hope you'll sail these seven seas with us. It's a game show on the internet about pirates. Ahoy. (laughs) And if you don't, avast. (laughs) Kakabububalaya. Goodness, the name of my, is the name of my parrot. <laughs> Shiver me timbers. Walk the plank. Mm.